Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome back to the Life's Legos podcast. Uh, I'm extremely appreciative of all of you taking the time today to listen to this week's episode of the show. Now, on today's show, I have a friend of mine joining me. His name is Michael Kappa, and Michael and I actually met last year. We both held an innovation presentation at the University of Toronto together for University of Toronto students. That's where Michael and I talked about our entrepreneurial ventures, ideas, and basically things that we look forward to in the future. Now, Michael is an extremely intelligent person. He has a lot of things on the go, and he is essentially your all-around entrepreneur. So without further ado, I want to introduce Michael. So Michael, uh, thank you for being here on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Arif. I'm absolutely grateful to be here. Well, I appreciate that. And now, Michael, it, it has been quite a bit of time since we last connected. And I remember the last time we spoke, you told me that you had a few things on the go. You had uh, you had a painting business, I believe you have a podcast, and some other things as well. So I'm not going to get into the meat and potatoes of it. If you can kind of do us all a solid and kind of talk about what you do, uh, what ventures are you part of, your business, your projects, and all that. Yeah, for sure. I'd glad to touch upon everything. So my main thing is my painting business. So I'm mostly in residential painting. Uh, repaints I, I don't necessarily do new construction okay. yet anyways so I've had my painting business for this this will be the third year okay and currently that's the only venture of mine that generates revenue but that's okay because the other ones uh, any any creative projects and like this goes for anything podcasting music acting art sculpting whatever it is you're doing um, any creative project is going to take time before you start seeing a return on investment. And the the thing is, I have I also have a podcast, nice. and my a couple of buddies and I have started a rock band. And nice. the focus right now is to just keep building, at least for the podcast, is to keep putting out quality content mm-hmm. and super high value content, and consistently so we're putting out episodes twice a week now instead of once a week previously and with the rock band we're not in a position yet to create our own music because there's just three of us right now but Mm -hmm. once we have a set list of songs we're going to like a set list is like an hour hour and a half that we could play at a bar or at a venue then we'll start looking for other members to complete the band Mm -hmm. and uh yeah the podcast and the music those will take off in the future for sure Absolutely. I mean, you guys are putting the time in and it seems like you're surrounded by a group of individuals who are creative and also looking to better themselves just as you are. So that's a recipe for success on its own. So I would like to know, it seems like you're very well diversified in terms of uh, what you put your time and energy into. You're not just singular. You, like you mentioned, the primary business of yours is the painting business, but there's the podcast, there's the band. I'm really curious to know what inspired you or, or what what triggered your thought process into going into running a painting business at such a young age? Yeah, for sure. I, I love this question. There's an interesting backstory behind it. Mm-hmm. So when in high school, I used to have a paper route and this paper route taught me the value of customer service and being 
accountable and responsible mm-hmm. for my own income because the level of effort that I put into my paper route was the the results that I was going to get out of it. And I was really good to my customers. I delivered their paper on time and I collected every three weeks to every single host that I delivered to. And like I said, that paper really taught me the lesson that I could be responsible for my own income in the future. Right. And then uh, fast forward to when I was 18 years old, I did a student painting franchise. And that summer, I grossed a $90,000 business. Amazing. So when I was 18 years old, I was like, okay, well, if I can do this at 18, what, what's next? What's stopping me from doing something bigger? Exactly. And a, a couple summers passed. I, I did one summer um, working in a butcher shop, and that was a lot of fun. And then another summer in university, I was on an internship. Now, this is where things come full circle to your question, mm-hmm. is when I was on this internship, I was in Peru for seven weeks, Amazing. which if any of your listeners are wondering... Peru is one of the most beautiful countries in the world. If you have an opportunity to travel there, do so. I would love to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you too, Arif. <laughs> and uh, when I was there, I fell in love with the idea of working and traveling. And I knew from doing it in that seven-week period that it, it could be one of those things where um, you live like a traveler or you live like a, a rich tourist. And mm-hmm. I, I, I was like, well, hmm, if I'm going to work and travel for the rest of my life, I, I probably want to strike some sort of balance in between mm-hmm. because I want to have some stability, but I also want to enjoy my, my travels. I don't want to uh, uh, work and travel like a like a broke traveler because <laughs> I know what that's like. Traveling like a broke traveler yeah. is fun. So I was like, okay, so if I want to work and travel – how am I going to facilitate that? Because I'm going to need to have a nest egg mm-hmm. and I'm also going to have to create passive income for myself. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that I knew how to create wealth in was painting. So then in that summer, summer 2017, I decided, okay, after I'm done school next year in summer 2018, I'm going to start my own business. And that's what I did. And since May of 2018, we're now in, March, sorry, no, we're now in April 2020. Uh, I've been running my painting business for two years. That's amazing. The the story, it's on its own is is unique, obviously. But then the fact that you put a goal in place in your mind and you didn't just leave it there. It happens to so many people where they set goals or they set a target and they never follow up on it. The fact that you push forward and kept building on it and told yourself that, I can do this. And of course, you leveraged your past experience of running the franchise when you were younger. And then, like I said, following through on that, it's it's really fascinating. It's really inspirational. And, and, and that's one thing that I'd like to try to get people to understand uh, when I'm talking to them one-on-one or even through the podcasts is that anyone can tackle a goal if they just work at it. And really, you don't need any more resources besides what you have. So like like yourself, you leveraged your experience, but not only that, it's the drive that you had to make the income that you knew that you could do uh, do so, and of course the experience you had with traveling. So I mean that's that's really cool. Now 
if you could if you could give everybody a rough estimate of how busy you are as an entrepreneurial uh, painter, for example, uh, could you do so, or is that something kind of um, a little bit hard to give a, a rough idea of? Uh, I could give a general idea. Mm-hmm. So before I give a, a general idea and the amount of time that's mm-hmm. required. The first question I would pose to your audience is how much value do you want to convey? Ah, nice. Of course. Because the level of value that you give to your customers Mm -hmm. and the level of value that you give to people Mm -hmm. is going to directly correlate with how much time you put into doing something. Of course. So for me, like with my paint job, in terms of actually producing the jobs, Mm -hmm. I I do really high quality work for my clients. Mm -hmm. So although I would objectively say... Uh, I work at a, a very efficient and about a medium pace because mm-hmm. I know painters who are really fast. I know painters who could paint circles around me, but um, I'm about a medium speed and mm-hmm. I do really high quality work and I'm efficient on the job site. So my efficiency kind of makes up for my medium level of speed. Of course. But um, on the whole, as an entrepreneur with my painting business, yeah, I'm probably working... In, in my busy season, I'm definitely working 60 to 80 hours a week. Um, now, th- there's context behind that. Don't let those numbers scare you mm-hmm. because th- I'm still – now I'm in the third year of my business. Mm-hmm. Now this whole coronavirus thing has kind of put a dent in yeah. a lot of people's yeah. businesses. Mm-hmm. But uh, the game plan for this year originally was I've hired a production manager mm-hmm. and I've – trained him on how to paint he's worked with me for about a year now Mm -hmm. and i was going to pass the production off to him train him how to schedule jobs train him how to train crews and and manage job sites and i was going to go and be the owner Mm -hmm. i was going to focus my time on selling i was going to focus my time on managing the business um so that would have freed up a lot of my time so the thing with entrepreneurialism is that initially in terms of building your name and building your reputation you're going to want to give a lot of value to people, which means you're going to be spending a lot of time on the business. Mm-hmm. And if you want things to function properly and you want the people around you, like your workers and your teammates to respect you, then you have to put the time and effort into to doing so. Absolutely. So properly scheduling work for people, properly scheduling um or properly outlining things for them. You can't half asset if you're starting a business and you want to live up to a reputation and you want to give value to both your team and the clients you're serving. Mm-hmm. You, you're going to have to put the time in, but eventually that shifts away. So in the first two years of my business, yeah, I was working 60, 80 hours a week. And then in the slower seasons, that drastically decreases. But then as you get further into your business, you're going to work a bit less because you're going to train people how to do the jobs that you were wearing all the hats for originally. Definitely, definitely. And I'm sure people can appreciate the fact that you're not afraid to get your hands dirty. So that's why if you were to hire somebody on to kind of take over that aspect of the business, they know that you know your stuff, uh, number one. And of course, they know you grinded in the environment to know uh, the business uh, like the back of your hand. Yes, actions speak louder than words. And if you want your team to respect you and you want your team to do things to the degree of quality that you want them done, you you need to grind. You need to put the time in and they need to see that. Absolutely, I agree. Now, I know a lot of people are probably wondering, uh, 60 to 80 hours a week, 
that's just the painting business. Then you have the podcast and you have the band and God knows what other ventures that you're thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So how does the podcast play in? When did that kind of come into your mind? And yeah, I guess people would want to know. I mean, I want to know uh, when it comes to time management, how you kind of break down your time uh, in the most efficient way possible to make sure that you are giving your all whenever you're working on either one of those ventures? That's a super valid and important question. So in terms of the time management, first of all, I recommend to all of your listeners, get Google Calendar. Okay. That, that thing will save your life. Uh, you definitely want a calendar. It's no disrespect to people around you. It's no disrespect to your loved ones. But if you're going to be a high-performing entrepreneur, you got to be on a schedule. Um, So the first thing I would say is have one calendar. So I use Google Calendar. That's where I keep everything. Um, Some people are old-fashioned and like it in a notebook. Mm -hmm. That's totally fine. But the first step would be to get a calendar. Now, once you are well-versed with how to use your calendar then then it's just all a matter of making time for everything. So the podcast, for example, we block record a lot of our episodes and our content okay. in the winter months. So between, I would say, November, December-ish to February, March. Okay. Because this is when I'm less busy with my painting. Right. Painting painting's a lot slower for me over the winter, so this is when I block record a lot of the podcast and work on the podcast a lot. Okay. And then, like, we still do the odd episode here and there, even in my busy season for painting, but I, I, I do prefer to do them um, block recorded. And then with the band and the music, so this is what I was saying earlier, is you make time for the things that you love. And music is something I eventually want to exit into from the painting, because the painting initially was meant to be a short-term thing. It was meant to be two to three years, but... Because of this coronavirus, it's probably going to be, end up being four. And But the, with the music, we practice, like I said before, corona and everything, we mm-hmm. were practicing three to four times a week for an hour and a half to two hours per session. So we would look at the calendar, all, all three of us in the band, about a week in advance, and we'd say, okay, um, what days during the week are we available? So during the week was variable, but then on Saturday, Sundays, I made a stern carve out on my calendar of two to three thirty on Saturday and Sundays would be for band practice. Right. So if any of my painting clients wanted me to work on weekends or if they wanted me to come out and do estimates and give them quotes for their, their prospective job, I, I would not book clients in between the hours of one thirty to four o'clock because that was reserved for music. That was for music. Okay. So, yeah. so now I'm going to ask you, because it seems like you, like you, like you mentioned, it's really important to be on a schedule if you want to be a high performing entrepreneur, or if you want to keep that kind of mindset. So how important is balance in, in your life in terms of balancing yourself between your entrepreneurial ventures, your friends, your family, making sure you're eating well, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Balance is paramount, and this was something that I neglected for the past two years, and I I kind of had a roller coaster, peak and valley type of journey with balance, because in my off months, 
when I say off months, I mean months of the year that aren't generally p- busy for painting. Right. Because between April to August, September is my busy season. Okay. And then anything after that is uh, flip-flops between being full-time and part-time. Correct. So in my off-season, if you will call it, I was very good with balance with going to the gym, eating healthy, uh, seeing friends and family on a frequent basis, mm-hmm. practicing drums. But then when my busy season hit, balance would just be thrown out the window. And um, this is something I've had to learn the hard way. Because in 2018 and 2019, both of those summers, after or during my busy season, I was completely burnt out. I was not. I was not practicing balance at all. <laughs> and I think this is something a lot of high-performing entrepreneurs can attest to. Is uh-huh. at least when you're starting out, or some point in your entrepreneurial journey, you're going to experience burnout because yeah. you're you're neglecting balance. And the thing about balance, Arif, and this is to all your listeners too, is you have to actively choose to make time to do things. Right, right. So I used to cram in two client estimates uh, on weeknights, so at 5 p.m. and 7 p.m. But now I only cram in, or not, sorry, cram's not the right word. I only schedule in one. So okay. I'll, I'll do a client estimate at like 5.30 or 6 o'clock. Then after that estimate... I'll go home, I'll practice the drums, I'll go to band practice, I'll go uh, to the gym, I'll go hang out with a friend. And now that my business has grown a bit more, I, I'm practicing balance. And and even though this coronavirus thing has hit us, yeah. I still would have been adherent to that schedule of not focusing all of my time on my painting business and making more time for meal prep, making more time for going to the gym, making more time for things that I love to do. Of course. Because like even in my busy season for 2018 and 2019, I swore off Friday nights. So Friday nights, I wouldn't do any client appointments and I would go rollerblading by the lake. You're going to have a trial and error type of run with balance, but everyone finds what works for them. And it just comes down to choosing to make the time to do the things that that keep you sane and make you tick. <laughs> See, it's it's so important, um, the message you just gave. And I'm going to emphasize that again, is the fact that balance is key. And I always say that too, because if you don't have balance within your life, and like you just said, it's very, very easy to not stay sane. And one of the biggest, I think, um, scary moments for entrepreneurs could be is if they don't find balance within their schedule of what they're trying to accomplish, then they might just end up crumbling altogether. And then all the effort that you put in from point A to get you to even if you're at point C at that point, it can bring you right back to point A and you have two choices. Do you pick up where you left off or do you just give up? And I think a lot of people end up giving up because they don't bring that balance in their life. So I yeah, so I think by people listening to your story of how you overcame not balancing your schedule and your time, it really resonates with a lot of us, especially myself, because it ha- it has happened to me before too, where you just overload yourself and then you feel like, well, maybe there isn't enough time in the day and maybe those people that do get things done, well, I don't know, they're just super they're super nova, super humans, but at the end of the day, it just it's just balance and scheduling. Yeah, and the c- couple other things I mm-hmm. would quickly add to that, and these are going to sound so mundane, be like, how is that even registered as advice? But 
honestly, mastering the mundane is what's going to help you win at life. Of course. Uh, a couple of things that have really helped me with the overcoming challenges with balance. One, I've been stretching two to three times a week. Now, I mean full body stretches for like half an hour to an hour per session. Really? And I cannot underscore the importance of stretching. So whether you join a, a yoga gym or you, you stretch at home on your own or you buy a foam roller and you roll out your muscles, there's just so many health benefits and stress release that comes from stretching. Mm-hmm. And the second thing I could say is drinking water. Ah, like something we all forget to hydrated. do. <laughs> The, the last thing I would add to that is, like I said, with making the time is sometimes you're going to have to wake up early. So instead of waking up at 7 a.m., wake up at 530, added an hour and a half to your day. Absolutely. So, Michael, we touched on a lot of things. We touched on challenges that you face. Would you say that there's that there's any types of challenges that you can talk about besides balance that you faced along your journey thus far? And how you were able to kind of tackle them with the experiences that you've learned? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure. A couple of them we've touched on, but mm-hmm. I think the one that sticks out most in my mind is being patient. Okay. And when you when I first started my own painting business, I, I honestly thought everything was going to come as a breeze because it was like, wow, when I was 18, I was mm. so successful. And now that I'm 21, at the time that I did start my own painting business, right. I was like, this is going to come like a sitch because I already have a portfolio and I have all this experience. But I, man, did I eat a huge slice of humble pie that summer? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, uh, I actually did less in sales than I did in when I was 18. First year that I was on my own, my own painting business, I did less in sales Um and I, my business was slow to grow because I was still at school when mm-hmm. I was trying to start my business and get it going. And then the second year it rolled around and I realized that I did have to take better care of my health. So I spent the off season going to the gym more, eating more healthy. And then since I wasn't in school at the time, I could focus all of my time on my painting business. So um, I was able to make it through the summer of 2019 with with full-time work for six painters whereas in 2018 I only made it through May and June with with six painters and then I had to lay off four and then I finished the rest of the summer with one crew so I, I think the lesson to take away from that is just because you have experience in something doesn't mean you're entitled to the success absolutely that is so true I'm glad you said that yeah yeah, that's something, it, listen, that's the thing with entrepreneurialism is it's baptism by fire. Some things are going to be very small mistakes and you're going to learn where a coach or or your accountant or your lawyer or whoever it is, someone's going to catch you and help you out. And then other things you're just going to, you're going to have to learn and they have to sink in the hard way. And, you know, some people are, are scared of that and they don't like that aspect of entrepreneurialism. But I can tell you from the bottom of my heart at the end of the day when you mature and you get older like I'm only a couple years older than when I made or when I had those challenges I just mentioned but I feel like such a stronger and more confident and well-versed knowledgeable entrepreneur now because of those experiences so 
what I'm going to ask next is, is a leadoff question to that because I'm sure a lot of people are wondering is because you've been through the hurdles of seeing success and then seeing the bottom. And then you worked hard to bring back the success. And then you, it, it's like a roller coaster, right? And that's, that's what entrepreneurship is. But when you're younger or even at an older age and you're trying something new for the first time, when you start hearing of the stories of, oh, this could fail, because literally any venture could fail, just just putting or having the mindset to be able to change that. So I'm going to ask you, Michael, how do how do you stay motivated um, going through hurdles and challenges and basically the emotional roller coaster of being an entrepreneur? I love that question. The first thing you have to do is not listen to the noise. You have to understand and believe that you are responsible for the outcomes of your organization, um, how people respect you, the level of value value you deliver to people, and the quality of work that you do with right. whatever business you're in. That all, that all starts with you as the leader. It Entrepreneurship takes true leadership. So... What I do to stay motivated is, I mean, this might sound a little arrogant, but I firmly believe that I can accomplish anything I put my mind to. And I firmly believe that I'm able to provide the best value for the service that I do. Because when clients buy Altona Paintings, painting services, they're buying Michael Kappa. They're buying the experience they get with that. So I show up and do what I say I'm going to do. I do the contracted work as as outlined i give them ample notice before we're gonna come and set up shop and do work at their house throughout the process i make sure their house is uh, relatively clean and our tools aren't left all over the place and you know just the little things that people appreciate when they have work done on their house right they get all of that when they get me whereas a lot of my clients have told me horror stories of people that they've hired so the first thing you have to do is remind yourself of how much you want it right. and how you're going to be the best at what you do. Um, the other thing that keeps me motivated is I am addicted to seeing my thoughts in my mind come into fruition in real life. Oh. And I don't stop until they do. Right. I like that. Life is for the living. And I know this sounds so cliche, but for me, every day is how do I give meaning to the hyphen between the dates that is going to be on my tombstone? Hey. What legacy am I leaving for people? Cause I believe I was put here to be a distributor and creator of value. And once I realized that I was like, I have to make the most out of every day. Of course. Because like you and I personally both know people in and around our age who have passed on and yep. When you're at those ceremonies and you see the lineup and you see all the people that came to, to pay their respects, it's just like, wow. First of all, that just speaks to the character of this person. But secondly, you know, what else were they going to be capable of? And of for me, it, it's a strange but exciting pressure to live with because it's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm still here, so I'm going to make it count. And I make things into a game in my mind. And every time I move one step closer to my vision, it's like reaching that checkpoint where you get more lives or, or your health is replenished. <laughs> keep gaining momentum and energy every time you keep moving forward. No, you're right. And one thing I really want to mention is I don't think you sound arrogant at all. And I don't think that, or, or let me rephrase that. I think that people who have similar mindsets as you and I, in terms of trying to better themselves and trying to 
take their ideas and put them uh, put them from an idea generation standpoint to an actual physical product or service or podcast, whatever it might be. Those who understand the drive process and wanting to actually create and and like you said, whatever you put your mind to, you, you said you're gonna you're gonna make sure that it happens. And for those who actually think that way, they don't see it as arrogant because they see that as somebody who's strong-minded and they see that as somebody who actually is appreciative of the belief of themselves. And I think that with entrepreneurship, the first step in being able to put value into something is believing in yourself and believing in your product because or your service. Because if you don't believe in yourself, you're never going to actually go and set forth on that journey. And if you don't believe in your service or product, then it's already failed before you even launched it. So I thoroughly feel like the words that you said uh, for the last question, a lot of people are going to resonate with the answer. And especially when you said uh, about people that we've seen passed on that are around our age. And it's so true. And it's interesting because I never really thought that somebody could think that way like I do. Because I think the exact same way. I'll be completely honest. I'm not just saying that for the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not just saying that for the podcast. But but I, I thoroughly and I honestly have uh, been at those funerals or wakes. And you just think to yourself, now, this individual, this person, they're only... 21, 25, 26, 27, even in their early 30s. And now you're thinking to yourself, how much more could they have given to the world or what were they working on? Or there's so much potential there. And you kind of think deep into yourself that, you know what? I have some ideas or some potential that I'm suppressing. So why am I doing that? I should let it free. Let it, And you never know what happens, right? So I really like where your mind's at. And like I said, I think people are really going to like that answer. So... Thank you for sharing that. Uh, that it seems like an, an emotional part of, of who you are as a person. So I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks, man. I, I'm happy to share it. And, and I'm very uh, appreciative that you think that way as well. Because uh, I, I don't think it's till a lot later in life that people start thinking that way. And to have that type of mindset now while we're young, it just opens a lot of opportunities and doors for us in our 20s 30s and 40s that would have otherwise been closed if we didn't have that mindset from a young age you're right now this may seem like a very similar question to what we spoke about before but if if somebody was to walk up to you and at a networking event and be like michael can you tell me the three things that can keep um or that I should follow if I want to start a successful entrepreneurial journey? What are the three things that, that I should follow or start with? Mm, okay, I love this. Okay, three things. I mean, there's a lot of things, but if I had to narrow it down to three, the first one is you got to care. Okay. You, you have to care. If you're just doing something for the money, you're not going to last very long. You're going to hate it very True. quickly. So when I say care it's all encompassing towards you have to care about your team you have to care that your team is learning you have to care that your team respects you you have to care that you are giving the best value to your clients that you possibly can you have to care about how you look after yourself you have to care about uh, the reputation of your business and and the organization for example if you walk into my garage my garage looks like freaking martha stewart organized it because it's like man it's uh 
everything's prim and proper and square and I got all my tools in the right spots because it, it pays dividends to be organized and, and I care about uh, the image that I uphold for myself with, with my clients. Um, like even when we're on site, I always make sure that the six foot by six foot tarp where we keep all the tools, I always make sure that that's relatively clean so we're not wasting time looking for tools but also so clients can see like, wow, these guys really got their their stuff put together here of course so step number one is you got to care um i would say the next thing is you have to believe you have to believe that you are capable of doing what you initially set out to do and believe that you are the best at what you at the best service or product you're providing for your clients the third thing i would say is is to remember to have fun Right. And I know that sounds like something your your soccer coach would say to you if you're five years old. But <laughs> to be brutally honest, man, if you're not having fun, it's not worth it. Nope. Um, I, I'm so grateful to work with a couple of my buddies that I grew up with. Like I was mentioning earlier about my production manager. My production manager and I have been really good friends since we were about eight years old. And uh, he's 22 and I'm 23. And, you know, like obviously there's sometimes on the job site where we butt heads and we clash here and there because when you're on a team, not everyone's going to see things the same way, but it's all about how you communicate with people and how you, how you convey your thoughts in a respectful manner, whether they're your friends or not. So when it comes down to it, it's all about having fun and it should be fun when you finish a job or a service for someone, the client's happy and they say, Hey, Arif, you know, come on over, stay for dinner. <laughs> uh, sometimes some of my clients, after I'm done the job, they'll say, like, hey, uh, do you got a couple hours to kill? I'll be like, yeah, sure, what's up? They're like, you want to crack a couple beers? And I've, like, hung out with my clients and had a couple beers after the job. So, Makes you know, it's hard work as it is. Um, you meet some really amazing people along the way, whether they're your clients or your team. And the amazing people in my network, like other vendors, because uh, I work uh, with a lot of windows and doors companies, other uh, electricians, other contractors, and and other realtors. Um, if you're in the construction industry, you're going to be working with realtors. So, you know, I don't just meet my own clients and my team, but I meet a lot of people in a lot of industries and we're all interconnected. Of course. And uh, it's a lot of fun to meet people. It's a lot of fun to... To, like I said, I make a game out of things. It's a lot of fun to build my network. It's a lot of fun to get to know people. You know, like you and I, yeah. we've, we've gotten to know each other. And it's it's been really fun volunteering for LOI and helping young people get into entrepreneurship. Yeah. So, yeah, man, that, I think that's the third point. You just got to have fun with it. Nice. Now, Michael, I know you're a busy guy. I've taken a lot of your time. I have one final question for you. And I think a lot of people want to know, what's next? Is there anything else you're working on right now? Or is it just the painting business, the podcast, and the band? Or is there anything else on the mind in terms of entrepreneurship for you? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a couple of things on the mind. So before we get to me, the first thing I want to say to your audience, yeah. if you're putting this episode out in the near future, yeah. is never again will the entire globe have this abundance of time. <laughs> you're absolutely so, correct 
Yeah, so that was the best time to make to make use of it. So what I'm focusing on, I'm focusing my time on two things. One is being ripe and ready for opportunity, and the second is creating value. So in terms of being ripe and ready for opportunity, my I already have a plan for how I'm gonna get back to marketing my painting business nice. once once everything returns to some level of normalcy and my garage and all my tools are all organized. My mm-hmm. truck is all clean. Uh, I've taken it off the insurance cause I'm not even driving it. <laughs> so, um, so my painting business is ripe and ready to go for when, and I've, I've, I've reached out to all of my clients already letting them know what's up. So I I'm ripe and ready to go when we return to normal. But the second thing of creating value is uh the podcast so we've we've recorded a few episodes in the time that this has been uh the corona crisis and and uh i started a juice plus franchise really so nice yeah juice plus it's a it's a whole fruit and whole vegetable blend uh put into a capsule so it's literally fruits and vegetables grinded into powder put into a capsule and it's to help you bridge the gap between how many fruits and vegetables you eat every day actually versus what you're meant to eat so um and then juice plus also sells tower gardens so actually i just ordered a tower garden so next week i'm gonna start growing my own food at home which is pretty cool that's amazing and uh yeah no i really care about like honestly man if if your guests take away or sorry if your listeners take away anything from this episode is you got to be healthy Mm -hmm. um health is wealth and the Juice Plus products I've been taking, which are literally fruits and vegetables in a powder in a capsule, are like I honestly feel a lot more energetic because I'm getting the nutrients every day that I need. And I'm going to start growing my own food at home here. And through people seeing on my social media, me documenting the fun time I'm having with the Tower Garden, a <laughs> proxy of that, I'm probably going to grow my Juice Plus business. So that's the first thing is the Juice Plus, or sorry, second thing, the podcast, the Juice Plus. Mm-hmm. And then after that, what's next, like in the further future is the band. I mm-hmm. definitely want to make a go at it with the music because we're, we're young and, uh, you know, the window of opportunity for being a rock star is small when you're young. So we're going to capitalize on that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when I exit out of painting... Because like I said, I initially only wanted to do painting for a few years. When I do exit out of painting, next steps for me would be if the music doesn't work out long term, I would love to be a realtor because I love real estate. Nice. And I'd love to be a real estate investor to be a landlord. And um, I really want to be a public speaker, man. I think think there's a lot of value I have to convey to the world. And I love connecting with people. Mm -hmm. And I think the best way for me to do that is to be a speaker. I agree with you on that one for sure, too. <laughs> you, uh, when I ran the presentation with you, uh, you captivated the audience. Everybody was listening to you, and you conveyed the message very well. Thanks, man. Yeah, so did you. <laughs> I have a few uh, I have a few book and course ideas, too, but those, those are later. You'll see those <laughs> on the shelves in five to ten years. That's amazing. You know, <laughs> you know what this calls for, right? This calls for you coming back on this show... Uh, in a short while to talk about what you're up to. Maybe after all this coronavirus stuff is all over and we get back to, like you said, some of a, a bit of uh, normality. 
but we could see what you're up to and how everything's going with the juice business and the band and all that. I would love for that. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Shows some sort of a linear progression for your audience. Yeah. All right. Sounds good, man. I really appreciate you taking the time again. I know you're a busy guy. You probably got some calls to make or be on some calls after this. So thank you for taking the time. I'm sure my listeners all enjoyed this episode of the podcast. I learned a lot about you that I didn't know, obviously. And I think together we kind of talked about a lot of the importance of steps to take when you are taking on an entrepreneurial venture and the mindset to have. So like I said, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Yeah, you're very welcome, Arif. Thanks for having me here. And if I can leave your audience with one piece of advice, yeah. just remember that to be clear in your vision, to consistently do what you do every single day, even on the days you don't feel like showing up, right? and and just to remember that you can do it. You got to believe in yourself, and you'll get there. There you go. That's a quote directly from Michael Kappa. Like you said, 10 years will be a published uh, author, so... Remember that. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Take care. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Don't forget to tune in when the next one drops. And I hope you stay connected with Life's Legos.